Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 449, September 1st, 2020. 97 degrees was the high on this day. That occurred in 1913. And 36 degrees was the chilly low in 1974. And I remember that 1974 was a very cool summer and autumn. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Stacy, the GL geologist, is weighing in with the a terrible rumbling in Mother's swimsuit area. 7.0 near the coast of Atacama, near the coast of Atacama, Chile. Can you hold, please? <laughs> yeah. What Can was you his hold, name? Please? What was his name again? Uh, the miner Pedro or something. Pedro. Miner. Yeah, he was a miner. May I read you something about uh, the COVID-19 situation? Please. Uh, it's it generally has not been coming up. I, I would imagine as GLers, we're doing common sense things, washing your hands, watching uh, your placement in indoor gatherings, if in fact you ever go indoors, aside from the dash into the store or whatnot. Uh, Beyond that, I continue to believe, uh, based on today's play story in the Star Tribune, I know now uh, no more than I did six months ago. It's the lead story in today's Minneapolis paper, and it reads, Two statistical milestones suggest trouble ahead for Minnesota in the COVID-19 pandemic as health officials warned Monday that the state's new case rate now exceeds the national average. It outpaces growth for the first time in a number of diagnostic tests performed. State Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm said there are signs of COVID-19 growth statewide and that Minnesota has overlooked the risk of viral transmission in family and friend gatherings compared with supermarkets and stores where mask wearing and social distancing have become the norm. These informal gatherings have proved to be a weak spot in our collective statewide response to the pandemic, said Malcolm. Heeding warnings passed along Sunday by White House COVID-19 task force leader Dr. Dr. Deborah Burks. But here's, here's where I get puzzled. Malcolm's warning on Monday was juxtaposed with the state reporting only one COVID-19 death, the lowest single-day total since mid-April. The 306 COVID-19 hospitalizations on Monday also reflected a plateauing of severe cases through much of August. But Malcolm said the state needs to act before either of these trends worsens. Well, the trend is that they're getting better. Right. (laughs) Malcolm urged people to rededicate themselves to the basics of mask wearing, social distancing, staying home when sick, and washing hands. Okay, I, I, I buy that. I buy all of that. That's fine. Do you That's think fine. she's maybe like you, or she's just bad at math? Well, wait a minute. You're, you're, on the one hand, you're telling me we're reaching two uh, critical statistical milestones, uh, and you're telling me that on the same day we've had one death, which fortunately, that's great. That's the lowest death rate total since mid-April. And that the cases, 306 COVID-19 hospitalizations on Monday, reflect a plateauing of severe cases. Well, apparently it's her job to never be satisfied. 
It's her job to be constantly hectoring us and saying, yeah, but if we don't watch it, yeah, but if you don't watch it, yeah, but if you don't take it seriously in outstate Minnesota, yeah, if you let your guard down, well, don't we already know that? But And isn't information like that and statements like that what is creating so much skepticism from so many people? Yes, yes. I'm not skeptical about this illness. I don't want to get it. I believe I believe that it's that it, it could be a bad, bad scene. I, I get all that. But I'm no more informed today than I was in April. Well, John and I were talking about this before the show started. You guys saw the CDC claim? Uh, which one? Uh, I have it right here. Sorry, John, if this was going to be your news. That asymptomatic right. people don't need to get tested? Uh, no, the CDC now claims that 94% of all coronavirus deaths were supplementary, meaning the person had comor- comorbidities. Yep. Less than 10,000 Americans have died from COVID-19 alone. Right. And if you're, you know, 80 years old and you've had a heart transplant, you're probably doomed if you get it. Jesus. Well, because you're doomed because, of, you know, you're, you're in a weakened state. And I, 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 it's taught me to cut some slack to the people in cars wearing masks. Maybe they have medical. I know a guy who just had a cornea transplant, and he, he's, he couldn't be more careful right now. So maybe those people driving around with masks on have underlying factors that they're keenly aware of, and they're just mm-hmm. taking that extra precaution. I've never ridiculed them. I've just always been bemused, saying oh, to I myself, am. why in the hell are you wearing a mask in your car? But uh, maybe there, there are great reasons for that. Royce, I still don't understand people wearing them when they're out jogging, for God's sakes. Royce has a colorful name for the people that wear their mask alone in their vehicle. Well, I'm not sure we can li- hear no, that. No, no, we can't. We can't <laughs> yeah. do that. Well, uh, uh, the, uh, the the conclusion I've reached is, again, I, I don't know anything more today than I did six months ago. You're, you're telling me on the one hand, look out, look out, we're, we're still in here, trouble. Here it comes. Here, look out. On the other hand, you got the lowest death total, one, since mid-April, and the cases, the hospitalization cases are plateauing. So what okay. are they doing here, Suge? <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. Is this a conspiracy? No, of course not. I'm keep, tired to keep of conspiracies. Governor in charge? No, no. Let's just say no. Let's 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 well, rise above that claim and say no. It isn't. But over it's the certainly, weekend, it, basically, the doctor, Doctor Burke, said the same thing when she was here, and mm-hmm. she's certainly not part of a democratic conspiracy. Right. I I just think that this has consumed the Walls administration from the moment he took office. Virtually, this has been something handed to him on a platter and he's done what he's had to do in his estimation what about the business what about the conspiracy that this is trying or this pandemic is uh, an effort to push forward with mail-in voting do you buy that no okay i'm tired of conspiracies I, they, they're so they, much fun though i know but they take us down rabbit holes that uh, are just non-existent yeah, you might have four more years of them so I know. stop it bunky. already john <laughs> john i i think either way you'd have four more years of them. yeah i won't say what chris and i said off air before the show so yeah please it was don't. a pessimistic outlook on uh, things so <laughs> we have great thinkers in uh, gumption county great great thinkers uh keeping in mind that gumption county is now throughout the world and all the way to Bulgaria, where our friend Dave Bliss is living. And uh, he has some very cogent thoughts here. 
Yesterday you were discussing Vicki Osterweil's book, In Defense of Looting. And uh, God bless us. I, I really hate to keep mentioning this. You just yelled at us I know, the I know, show. Don't I know. bring it up, you said. <laughs> I know, but his email is so wonderful it needs to be read. Uh, but but to give this woman or he, uh, I saw a picture today, it was a male, a Willie Oster Whale or whatever his name is. I don't know if it's Vicky or Willie. It's Vicky. We covered it, that yesterday. It used to be, yeah. Willie. Used to be Willie? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday you were discussing Vicki Osterweil's book in defense of looting. In your comments, you described looting as a sin and because it is theft and theft is wrong. The definition of sin is an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. I believe you would be hard-pressed to find a citizen of our imaginary city who did not believe that theft is wrong. We hold such a view because there is a supreme moral code that decrees it so. We might disagree on the author and source of that moral law, be it God, the universe, commonly held cultural beliefs, or any number of other philosophical options. But I do not think I go out on a limb to state that we in Garage Logic believe stealing to be wrong. That is modernist thinking. Good and evil are defined by a moral law. And though we might disagree on the source of that law, we also agree that we are held to that law and subject to its standards. You cannot steal from me, but at the same time, I cannot steal from you because it is morally wrong for either of us to do so. This is vastly different from postmodern thinking that would deny any sort of moral law at all. A postmodernist would say that it is not wrong for him to commit theft because there is no moral code. However, if he is truly a postmodernist, he also would say that it is not wrong for someone to steal from him because there is no such thing as right and wrong. Actual pure postmodernists are hard to find as they tend to quickly turn to a moral law when their houses are robbed. Ms. Osterweil seems to be neither of these. She seems to hold to no moral law, but it also seems that her moral law is subject to her own whims. Should she declare looting to be acceptable, then it is simply because she says so. At the same time, robbing private houses is wrong because she says it is. It seems to me that Miss Osterweil holds herself to be the author of the moral code. Remember a few years ago in one of my first letters to you, I wrote about this kind of worldview. I called it meism. To a meist, the supreme moral law is written by the great me. Who determines right and wrong? Me. When I get offended, that offense against me is an absolute sin. Let me repeat that. When I get offended, that offense against me is an absolute sin. If I do something contrary to my moral law, can I be held accountable? No, because the maker of moral law is me, and I can just change the law to meet my needs. Ms. Osterweil has stated that some theft, specifically looting, is good. Her reasoning for this claim is because she says so. She is a meist, and a meist, by definition, should never be taken seriously. Good luck, Dave Bliss in Sofia, Bulgaria. I have become a big fan of a writer named Victor Davis Hansen, and I've uh, emailed his gatekeepers, uh, inviting him on as a guest. And I, I think what I sense happening in the world of podcasting, I think there's about 740,000 podcasts. In America. Is that right, Reeves? Something, Something like, like that? that? Yes. And I think what's happening is when, when great thinkers like Brett Weinstein and, and Victor Davis Hansen rise to the top, I think they're probably inundated with requests. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and because there are 740,000 podcasts, they might 
prematurely make the presumption that they're being sought as a guest by someone with a, a podcast that has 242 listeners and they, they might not think it is worth their time. So I've gotten to the point now where I just say when I invite when I invited Victor Davis Hansen on today, I said, please vet us. I can assure you he would be received by a very large audience. Maybe that'll get through to the gatekeeper to ask this guy to come well, on. You need to throw our number out, right? The the number of downloads or whatever the hell you guys call it last month. Mm-hmm. It's been really strong the last three months. Get that out there right away so they know they're reaching hundreds of thousands, and if many it does, hundreds of thousands. And if that doesn't work, you can do like what your brother said and just say we've got a brand new fart button too. Yeah, you yeah. should hear. You should see our fart button wall. That's we got really them named. Good. Uh, his his most recent piece, dated Aug 30, uh, I recommend it. It's called Cultural Suicide is Painless. And he's talking about exactly the same things we've been talking about for years. Uh, it turns out he's a military historian, a classicist, a farmer. I think he's with the Hoover Institute. Uh, I, I, I probably now will try to read everything I come across. But, Kenny, you know. he's you. Mm-hmm. What? A war historian? <laughs> yeah, I'm, reading and a... It. I, I'm reading it now. Uh, he, you're right, Joe. He is really good. Yep. And he's also got a one about the drought in California that I haven't had a chance to read yet. So uh, I guess what I'm telling you, GLers, is cross your fingers. I would love to have a conversation with this fellow. Uh, and it seems to be now a matter of uh, I have to create new ways to break through uh, the gatekeepers. Uh, or he could be as dumb as I am. I was asked by a very prominent radio station in Chicago to be a guest during the uh, the week of George Floyd's That's right. uh, uprising, and I just deleted it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't. Right. I didn't think. Wait a minute, that would be good marketing for GL yep. for me to be on in Chicago. So I, I I'm continuing to learn here. Yeah. And that person's never gotten back to me. By the way, well, that that, that ship can you has blame sailed. them? Can you blame them? Yeah. Can you blame them? <clears throat> How is everybody? How's Johnny? Good. Real good. Real good. In the, in the St. Paul Pioneer Press today is a big piece on Eric Mishy. Uh, the launch of his trip down the River of Hope. And there's a picture of him here getting on this ding-ding thing. <laughs> and he uh, it's what we came across when he uh, emailed us, uh, the trouble he's already had just getting through Lake Pepin. In any event, keep in mind that he's doing this because traditional funding for his uh, Spare Key Foundation has been drying up. And it's a great foundation. They provide money to families who need medical assistance because they can't pay their bills. And he said, I used to be able to have a lot of events where I could uh, drum up support for Spare Key. And the, and the problem I'm having now is I can't have those events. So that's how we dreamed up the River event. I'm bringing this event to you. And I think as GLers, we have to come up with a pledge per mile, or are you just going to leave that up to me? Maybe it'll just be up to me. Sure. Uh, Let's write him a check, Joe. Well, how long a trip is it? Well, it's months. Well, no, but I, it, I would do it by mile. How long? Well, just Google it. How long? Uh, how oh how long? God. How far away is uh, sure. New Orleans from St. Paul? All right. I'm on Somebody going to get on that? I'm on it right now. Chris? You got it, Chris. Right. Yep. I'm on it. Right. Good. He's called the All boat right. uh, the SS Hail Mary. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to just pay him to get off the river. Uh, I think he's a hazard to himself and uh, others. And uh, 
God, that All thing right. looks it's bad. It's 1,190 miles via the freeway. Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, Honest Paul's. to God. Yeah. Holy crap. How? St. Paul to Narlands. On the Mississippi River. Okay. Via. Oh, my God. Help me. Mississippi. <laughs> why, what did I do? Do you want to take 35W? This, this, wine, that, this is why. Weinstein's already listened. This is why we'll never hear from Victor Davis Hanson. <laughs> Let's see. What do we got here? We got... Uh, Rookie is faster than you. Well, the, we're, we are, in my defense, we are having internet... Uh, oh, God, help issues. me. Via the Mississippi. Oh, here, let's take a timeout. Hold on, I almost got her. She's just loading, brah. Mm, um, I'm a bad waiter. No! When did that start? Well, a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah, I, this isn't pulling up. I'll take care of it. Okay. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. But Thank after you. that thorough review, I'd love to tell you fine people about Chill Boys. And chillboys.com, our friends at the Chill Boys, make the most comfortable underwear that you will ever own. It's no joke, ladies and gentlemen. And go online right now. All of your orders that are over $40 ship Fast and free in the entire United States. Right now, I am rocking the performance boxers. I'm also a big fan of the bamboo boxer briefs, but they have a really cool selection of T-shirts and sunglasses. Yeah, that really took me a long time. They are a uh, local Minnesota yeah, Mississippi company, River too, is 2,348 miles. I hope he's wearing chill boys on that journey. Maybe we should send him some. Yeah, if, yeah. The, the, what time would I have to leave to get him and, and get those chill boys? To well, him? he's already down through... Uh, Pepin. He's gotcha. already to Wabashaw. Gotcha. Okay, well, check out their entire selection online right now. Also, hit them up on Twitter, at Chill Boys Brand on Twitter. And when you make your order, please let them know that you heard about it right here on the GL Podcast with all of our thorough information. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Oh, this is cool. Ooh, rockin' by Dylan Heights. This is, uh, he calls this his Skinner album. Yeah. Oh, this is nice. Turn it up, Reavers. Got my six shooters strapped to my waist. <laughs> Going out hunting wild pigs tonight. Very nice. John, does it bother you, know, you that he's about 25 times the guitar player you are? He's, he's not. <laughs> he will admit that, too. He's not. <laughs> well, John, you should feel nothing but pride because you taught him how well, to play. I, I feel great pride. Uh, yeah. in his, uh, Man, that's good. You'll but recall the... Uh, you'll recall he is better the, than you, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> you'll Go recall ahead, the... Uh, <laughs> I can leave now. <laughs> you'll there, recall... Oh... They're hesitant because I'm supposed to be doing an ad, that's why. Well, you said you weren't going to. No, I said I was ready. Oh, then go ahead and do it. I'm just sitting on the couch here wow. waiting my turn. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I was thinking during the breaks that the only thing DK Mags is missing is a, is a couch. They really don't have the room there in the showroom, but uh, that, that's a place that I would just go and hang out and wait for the next the, the next delivery of ammo to arrive so I could tell the guy, just go put it in that GMC truck out front. Uh, DK Mags on Old 8 up in New Brighton, that'd be my hangout. Or even Monticello Pond and Gun, a great place to stop if you're headed north. A couple of wonderful shops that all of us have fallen in love with. If you've 
if you've been to either one, you really know what I'm talking about. But Monticello Pond and Gun, let me talk about them. Not only do you get everything you've ever wanted in the way of firearms, accessories, ammunitions, uh, but it's a pawn shop. So you can get power tools, you can get a TV, whatever you might be looking for. That's fantastic. If you're a hunter or a sports shooter or if you need anything at all for home or self-defense, DK Mags and Monticello Pond and Gun, they are the place to go. No snobbery and the best counter shop uh, help you will ever, ever encounter. 5% off firearms and accessories if you're a law enforcement officer, a first responder, or a veteran. DKMags.com. They're up in New Brighton or Monticello Pond and Gun. A couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. Uh Along those lines, our friend Carrie Moran writes. Remember yeah. Carrie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sure, sure. Joe, my friend and I went for a walk around Nicklin Island over the weekend, and we saw the little boy Mayor Jacob Fry on a run with his security guard in lockstep. We briefly exchanged pleasantries and continued. I kept thinking today, I don't get to have a security guard in tow. I have a very active two-year-old with a pretty good hockey swing, if I do say so myself. Well, I know where she got that. And he and I are oftentimes by ourselves. We go on walks every day. We play at the park. He runs errands with me. We live in a good neighborhood. But what does good mean anymore? How am I supposed to protect us? I've been a gun owner for years, and I got my permit to carry last winter, but I am not comfortable carrying a gun with a two-year-old. I've been carrying my mace a lot more lately, but that also makes me nervous with a kid around. What am I supposed to do to protect us? I'm always aware of my surroundings, but what am I supposed to do? Uh, what would you guys tell your wives or daughters? Kenny, what would the guys at DK Mags have any ideas? Thanks, and always keep pushing back, Kerry Moran. That's a shame. Well, that the, is, that, yeah. is, that a, is that an exaggeration of the current uh, state of affairs for the modern young mother in the Twin Cities? Is there is there needless fear there on her part? No, no, absolutely not. No, not if you follow the Crime Watch accounts that I follow. Um, there is crime nonstop, and it's it's not one on one crime where we used to think. Well, if I carry, at least I've got a chance. It's it's four or five guys against one, yeah. and they subdue you and tie you up and knock you down before you can even react to them. You mean the one like 25 minutes ago, Kenny, that they just sent out near 48th in Chicago? Multiple business robberies, vehicles involved, or a green Challenger, gray Subaru, and suspects still may be nearby in Minneapolis at 11:56. Well, you know where 48th in Chicago is. You guys did a uh, garage door opener. From sure did, there, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Or was it 54th? Anyway, it's it's that same neighborhood down there. Yep, yeah. It's a nice neighborhood. It's very nice. It's an awesome neighborhood. The only thing I've yeah. told the girls I used to have is, and I I'm not sure they're paying enough attention. I and Carrie already admitted in her email. The most important thing you can do is be constantly aware of your surroundings. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, let's say you, you leave a Target store and you're heading to your car in the parking lot and your vibe uh, is on high alert and you sense trouble because you see certain things that you, makes you uncomfortable, walk the other way. Don't go yeah. to your car right then. Right. Yeah. Go back in the store. Yep. That's where I'm at my most paranoid, or maybe not paranoid shouldn't be the word to use, my s- most aware, situ- situational awareness is in parking lots going to and from your car. And then when you get in the car, I lock the door right away, right away before you put Mm -hmm. it in drive. i got a plump little kid out here that I keep my eye on because we have coyotes in the neighborhood. Now, I think she's getting big enough now that a coyote might not take a shot at her. 
but uh, I've got I've only I've got all kinds of nature to worry about human nature and nature nature. Yeah, coyotes, uh, coyotes generally don't attack humans. Yeah. Generally, well, I think they'd take a little baby if they could get away with it. But she's yeah, no longer a little no, baby. That, that'll feed a whole family. Yeah, she's baby. a plumper. You'll recall last week we read the email we were alerted to, uh, written anonymously by a police officer in Duluth. Oh yeah, yeah, and his very good email. Yeah, his heart wrenching. Uh, uh, realization that he he came within a sixteenth of an inch of a trigger pull in shooting an unarmed black man, and we were all uh, positing that we couldn't imagine how grateful he is that that did not happen. Right. Well, well, uh, he's now a public figure, and the chief of Duluth has had to apologize that he wrote that. You're kidding. It's in the front page of today's uh, Minnesota section of the Minneapolis paper. A Duluth police sergeant's viral account of nearly shooting an unarmed black man has drawn praise, condemnation, and an apology from the police chief. On the Duluth Police Local 807 Facebook page last week, Sergeant Matt McShane, so we now know who he was, Sergeant Mac McShane recounted what was going through his head as he and other officers responded to shots fired between two vehicles and a chase for a suspect who may still have been armed. I level up my pistol at him. I put my finger on the trigger. Is this it? Is he going to shoot us? Am I going to have to shoot this man to save myself and others? Will my wife wake up a widow? Will my children no longer have their father? Is our community going to change forever because of me? Will everything burn only because we want to help, because we want to live and not die? And remember, those are the thoughts in two seconds. In two seconds of the guy's watch that night. McShane's defense of his profession and take-a-day-in-our-shoes monologue has put Duluth in the middle of a worldwide reckoning over police accountability following the death of George Floyd. His post, in which he stated, I almost shot an unarmed black man last night, had been shared about 150,000 times as of Monday and has garnered over 13,000 comments, many of them in support of the department. Police Chief Mike Tuscan shared the union's post credited only to a Duluth Let me turn the page. Credited only to a Duluth police sergeant, but later took it down and replaced it with an apology. It was not my intention to cause further hurt and traumatize community members, and I am deeply sorry my actions were insensitive and hurtful. That's that's the chief's words. Tuscan sympathized with his sergeant message, however. Officers are experiencing disrespect and anger from community members who are frustrated at the institution of policing. I have witnessed more tears from officers this year than from all my years past. Police union officials did not respond to requests for comment. A Duluth police spokesperson said McShane and Tuscan were not available for interviews Monday, adding this is too important of a topic to provide comment when we are not ready. Uh, McShane's post went up last Thursday. And then you have longtime Duluth community organizer Jordan Moses said the Duluth Police Department is a culture of not wanting to dive deep on those issues. When communities and citizens push, institutions push back, said Moses, who is black. We're supposed to be grateful the cop didn't pull the trigger. That's kind of your job. You have tools, you have training. Uh, I, I don't think it's unreasonable, Mr. Moses, to be grateful that he didn't pull the trigger. Jeez. No. I don't think I don't think that that places you in some sort of subservient role where where you're being uh, very condescending in that remark. I I'm grateful he didn't shoot anybody. Why can't you be grateful he didn't shoot anybody? Yeah, why do you why, have to throw him under the bus like this? Why why is that unreasonable, Moses? Why don't you see if you can find him, Chris? Okay. Jordan Moses, M O S E S, Duluth. 
That's an outrageous comment. We're supposed to be grateful the cop didn't pull the trigger. I am. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Why can't you be? And uh, I, I hate to speak for the officer, but I'm guessing he's grateful every time he doesn't have to pull the trigger, no matter who it is. My God, nobody wants to shoot anybody. And my friend Mylon Mas- Mas- Mason Masson weighs in. I've known Mylon for years. Uh, she was a great friend of the now-departed uh, Gregory Marzoff, for whom we raise a lot of money for the MD Association, MDA. Yeah, and she yeah. was a park uh, police uh, in, in uh, Minneapolis, a retired Minneapolis police officer. She's an expert on the use of force. And she said McShane's message is right on. We have to keep remembering police are human. They're going to make mistakes. They don't want to make mistakes, she said. What if I did shoot them? That's a terrible thought. And again, we're all grateful. Except it gives a chance for uh, a longtime Duluth community organizer, Jordan Moses, to not be grateful. Man, Jordan, I would be. Uh, what was that? That was my dog. Oh, is she sleeping again? <laughs> yes. Larry, yeah, he, he rolled he, over. In any event, uh, I, I don't think the uh, policeman, McShane, is in trouble uh, with his employment. Uh, his chief uh, supports the thoughts that McShane shared with the public, but he has to uh, he has to mollify the community. Well, uh, what are some of the other complaints, Joe? Uh, I think what what might, what might have triggered it was you'll recall in the post. Uh, let me just find it here so I have it uh, accurately. Uh, a news release that followed McShane's post offered few details on the close call nature of the response. Two suspects exited the vehicle and did not respond to officers' commands, the release said. A 32-year-old male fled on foot who was later arrested. A 30-year-old male was arrested after resisting. There were no injuries. McShane had written in his post, All of this while you slept comfortably in your homes, safe from the wolves who roam our streets. And I think... Uh, I suppose wolf, the word wolf was triggering, maybe, to the community. Uh, and I don't know McShane, but I, I'm not going to leap to the conclusion that he was identifying people by race as wolves. In the, in the dark of night, in the darkest hours of the morning, in the deepest darkness of the soul, you don't know what you're facing out there in the dark. And if you want to call them wolves, it's fine with me. I, don't, I see no racial intent there whatsoever. <laughs> What's your cutoff time? You say nothing good happens after what is it in your world? It's about 2 a.m. Nothing good. 2 well, a.m. Yeah, well, me now, it's about 10 p.m., but <laughs> yeah. nothing good Nothing. Nothing good happens Nothing good happens after 1 a.m. Or make it yeah. midnight. Nothing good happens. Yeah. Uh, but per- perhaps that was the triggering, the triggering word. And then you have a, uh, uh, on Monday, a resident, a resident, Emailed the Duluth City Council demanding leaders fundamentally rethink the entire system. Oh. There is no way to train the racism out of the police system as it currently exists at Heather Lake. We need to start over intentionally and intelligently to build a new support network that provides protection and help to every citizen. I don't know who she is, uh, but they, she, got, she got her little moment of ink there. I just don't understand for the life of me why we have to leap to the conclusion uh, of not being grateful for that fellow not shooting anybody. I'm grateful. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm really grateful he didn't shoot anybody. 
I believe he does. I believe he doesn't want to. I believe he de- never wishes to. And what he did, I thought, was share with us the 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 whirlwind of thoughts that must be going through your mind in the dark of night when you're in the middle of a situation and you don't know who you're pursuing or what that person might have in mind. Well, you just got to thank every single man and woman involved in law enforcement, from those guys working the streets to the dispatchers. Just thank you for showing up every day. I sent we a, really, really, really need you. Sorry, thank Kenny. You. I uh, sent a Facebook message to Jordan, and I will let you know if I hear back from him, sir. Uh-huh. Here, I got to read you something. By the way, uh, John, remember that conversation you and I were having before Kenny dialed in? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and read the comments on that story from the Star Tribune online. Well, not if it doesn't make sense, Chris. I don't know what you're talking about. Why should John read comments to a story if I don't know what the story is? Joe, I was referencing the story you just read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I wish you would have made that clearer to me. <laughs> what are the comments? Are we ripping the cop? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're ripping the really? cop for yeah. not shooting. Somebody. It's uh, it's about fifty fifty, but there there's over four hundred yeah. comments on this story. It's, it's America right now. Well, 50/50. that's yeah. Thank you, John. That's perfectly stated. That's exactly the boat that we're in right now. Uh, Reavers, you hit upon it yesterday with a very dark thought, and I'm a, and it's coming to fruition. We were wondering uh, why the, the the fortunate breaking up of a child sex trafficking ring. Yeah in Georgia did not gain more news attention. If I got one email today, I got about five uh, following, uh, offering this. Who benefits? If we praise the authorities for doing good, that goes against the narrative the newsies are trying to hide. Yep. I know you should never bite the hand that feeds you, but you could ask an editor at the home TV station. Too simple just to dismiss longtime listener Bill. Well, I wouldn't. I could ask the editor of the Pioneer Press. I don't. I haven't. I haven't even seen an abbreviated AP version of that story in the Pioneer. It was Press. in the paper over the weekend. Minneapolis or St. Paul? It was in the Minneapolis. Yeah, I didn't see the was St. It Paul a, was story. Was it a, like a, 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 an inside piece? AP was, that type you know, of thing. Uh, the like the front section, maybe third or fourth page, where they put all the national stories. Yeah, and yes, Reavers, uh, on social media, there is a thread of uh, the acceptance in certain factions of society of pedophilia. Yep. And I, I, that's so abhorrent that uh, I, I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to. Be, I'm not going to accuse news gathering institutions of shielding pedophilia. I, I can't get there. Uh, I know both newsrooms in the Twin Cities, and that would not be the case. That would just not be the case. But I will offer up this. I think that there is so much news coverage that's devoted to the president, right and wrong, or good or bad. I think that's just the, the sole focus of so many news-gathering institutions right now as we stand. That I think that that's why this story is not getting as much coverage as it should. Uh, ref- did you guys not that. see stories uh, over the weekend? About I just saw it? the only I story I saw, I saw John, was online. Very brief. Yep. I saw it on CNN. Well, good. It, uh, I'm glad. Okay. Because, again, I, I'm refusing, I'm rejecting outright that we have fallen so far from our moral and ethical. Let's keep, let me start that over. Okay. When we talk about the decline of moral and ethical integrity, I think you're talking about a minority of people. 
a, a slim number of people. I, I got to think that most Americans, if not most humans, have clung to their morality. I, I, if you don't believe that, it's total despair. So it's very hard for me to believe that uh, uh, the prote- protecting or even somehow accommodating something so horrific as pedophilia could be part of a narrative in America's news gathering. I'm not accepting that. I will Here's, not accept that. I, okay, I just did a quick search. Covered by CNN on 829, a large story. Okay. Uh, covered by USA Today four days ago. Covered by the Washington Post four Good. days ago. Yeah, this and is resting all, my case. Know, okay, okay. Si- sizable story. And all the local Atlanta stations, WSJX or something. And, yes. Uh, it was covered, yeah. Has well, anybody I, covered it today, John? Anything from today? I want to I know an update. Who took these kids? Where did they come from? What were the circumstances? Where were they going? What were their, you know, what were they going to be used for and where? I can tell you what you should do for that, Kenny, in seriousness. Uh, just read the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, because if anyone's going to stay on top of it, it would be the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It went down in their town. Uh, that's what my, yeah. That would be and my suggestion like, to you. Yeah, all the Atlanta, everything's, it looks like they're covering it. Very, yeah. uh, okay. Well, it, it, a that's a relief way. to some degree. That's, that's, much, uh, that's, a, that's a relief, uh, because, again, I am not going to accept the idea that, that pedophilia is making some sort of inroads as, a, as an acceptable ideology or philosophy. That would, that would terrify me, just terrify me. I'm not believing that. But you... Well, okay. Oh, it's finished. It's okay. But you do realize that this was probably one story of a number of them. That, I mean, this this is a huge problem in our country. This was just a ring that got caught and got busted. Certainly. I agree completely. I guess. Jeffrey Epstein. That, <laughs> well, That's the exa- I, I, example I mentioned yesterday, John. Yeah. Do you think this would receive more coverage, Chris, if it wasn't an election year and a COVID if we year? If we weren't 60 days in front of a huge if election? If we weren't in the middle of a yeah, civil yeah. war right now? I think it probably would. But are we on the same page that what we're, what we're believing yeah, a we lack are. of, uh, that what we we're are. believing is a lack of coverage, I don't think has anything to do with Trump. I just think, uh, no. You, no, you just answered it. The, 60 days away from an election, that's what's consuming the news gathering institutions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But okay. But let me ask you this then. This story broke. John, help me. Friday or Saturday? Uh, it looks like four, four or five days ago. So that would have been what? Uh, one, Thursday, two, Friday. Whatever. Thursday or Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Uh, here's the press release came out Thursday afternoon from the. Uh, okay. From the authorities. Isn't this a, the type of story, Joe, that should have been in the headlines for at least a week? Or is that too long? See, I agree with Chris on this, John or uh, Joe. This should have been screaming headlines right up to today every day we should have more information and it should be nationwide i shouldn't have to go to the atlanta journal constitution bs whatever they are well no that they're not bs they're the newspaper of record in atlanta i know but i want ap stories on in every newspaper um at least below the fold i want information i want to know what the hell is going on here let me do the very unpopular thing of defending the media if there is no new information what do you do Right. I mean, they they covered the story initially with all the information that was released by authorities. Well, and John, and one of the things one of the things I mentioned yesterday is I wondered if a, a lack of the continued coverage is the fact that most of these 
kids that were found are are minors and they're trying really hard to protect protect their identities. I thought maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah. You know, three to seventeen. Three, three years, years old. old to seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. For the love of God. Three years Jeez. old. Oh my god. Wow. Huh. Joe wanted to tell you how heartwarming it was to hear your interview with Marjorie Johnson. Hearing her energy and positive spirit also always makes me realize how fortunate I am to have my own grandfather live with my wife and I. He is quickly approaching his 101st birthday in November. Each time I hear one of Kenny's ads for Aim High Construction, I am also reminded of Grandpa. He worked a full career in a paper mill until retiring at the age of 60. He then started his own roofing company and continued to shingle roofs for another 20 years before retiring for a second time at age 80. After the interview with Marjorie, I began to wonder if we should try to arrange a date night between her and Gramps. A nice dinner (laughs) on the patio at 30 Bales sounds like a good idea for two people who act so young at heart. One last thought, the toughest part about living with a 100-year-old gentleman is trying to come up with a new and unique birthday gift each year. But this year, thanks to GL... I think an order from Chill Boys will make the day. Thanks for all you and the crew do, Matt from Bemidji. Nice. Or, 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 Matt, get him a Pintelli e-bike. There you go. From EcoFun uh, <laughs> Motorsports in Forest Lake. And you see Gramps going down the old gravel road on a, on a, on a Bintelli e-bike. They got five levels of assist. There's no reason a 100-year-old can't ride a Bintelli e-bike. <laughs> Yeah, maybe put a cigarette in his mouth, too, at the same time, Such. <laughs> or, or get one of the scooters, a Yamaha motorcycles, throw in a sidecar, dunk Marjorie in the sidecar, and off go. you go. There we there go. They that go. makes sense. That oh, works. Wouldn't that be wonderful? All these things <laughs> yes. are available at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. A great line of scooters that turn every errand into an adventure, the full line of Yamaha motorcycles. The Bentelli e-bikes, the helmets and apparel, great service department, and uh, great knowledge, too. Kayla Bloom is really, really just a teen, just a teenager, but she's been sought around the country as she has become an expert on these Bentelli e-bikes. You will not leave there with the wrong e-bikes. She'll make sure you got the right fit, the right tires, right size, everything you need to enjoy at least a good two and a half more months of bike riding here in the Twin Cities uh, or all around the state or wherever you want to haul your Bentelli e-bike to because I know people have gone to EcoFun and and returned them to other states from whence they arrived. So uh, thanks to our friends at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Minnesota and Wisconsin business owners are getting the message. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. We're fielding inquiries from business people in your area who are fed up with restrictions, regulations, oh, and high taxes too. You've heard that South Dakota has experienced fewer job losses, kept more businesses open, and ended the fiscal year with a state government surplus. It's no surprise that regional business owners are looking at Sioux Falls, where you'll pay no corporate or personal state income tax, get one of the lowest workers' comp rates in the country, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. Visit SiouxFallsDevelopment.com and get the facts. Sioux Falls is the right-sized community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand your business to Sioux Falls. Pay us a visit at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self-Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. All right, so I talked to the boys at Harmony Spirits this morning, fellas. 
How does this sound? Barrel Strength Bourbon. It's a special blend that is available right now at the tasting room down in Harmony, Minnesota. And might be heading north here in a short uh, short amount of time. So once we get that, I'm going to tweet out a photo of that. But also, uh, if you go to my Twitter account right now, you can help Harmony Spirits. They were one of the new tasting rooms and distilleries selected to be voted on in USA Today. So I'm going to tweet out that link. They're a local Minnesota company, handcrafted spirits made right in Harmony, Minnesota. The bourbon whiskey is spectacular. we got to get Sooch some rum for the kid he used to have down in Chicago. But they are fantastic spirits. And when you've lost all your faith in humanity, John Hyde, pour yourself a nice <laughs> vodka on the rocks and sip Harmony Spirits. Go to their Twitter account, and you can also sign up for their newsletter, and they're going to select a winner every single month through the rest of the year to get some free Harmony Spirits. At Harmony Spirits on Twitter and also HarmonySpirits.net to check out the hours of that beautiful tasting room down down in Harmony, Minnesota. John Height in the newsroom. Yes. Well, thank you, Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Permits to... To, oh, uh, let's say this uh, is brought to you by Frad Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Store, shall Thank we? you, Johnny. Let's, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's. Permits to build single-family houses and rental apartments declined double digits during August here in Minnesota. That according to a monthly report from Housing First Minnesota. They're the trade group that represents Metro Builders. During the month, builders were issued 600 single-family permits, a 15% decline compared with last year. For multifamily units, mostly rentals, enough permits were issued to build 458 units, a 34% decline. The declines come after an unusually strong summer for home sales, which have generally exceeded expectations this summer as other sectors of the economy have languished. Niswa Mayor Fred Heidman was arrested Saturday, this past Saturday, for disorderly conduct and obstructing the legal process while officers were conducting a traffic stop near his business on Highway 371 and Skillman Road, just south of Niswa. According to police reports... Niswa. 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 Yeah. According to police reports, a a Pequot Lakes officer made a traffic stop as part of the working through the Toward Zero Deaths Traffic Safety Program, and that Niswa officer assisted the Pequot Lakes officers. While the officers were conducting the stop, Heidman, the mayor, was recording the incident, began to cross the highway toward the vehicle that was pulled over. The officers told him he could record the traffic stop, but he should do it from a safe distance. The mayor then began arguing with and yelling at the police officers. Well, After not just arguing. He was swearing well, profusely he, at yeah, these two cops. Yeah, he was. After what being was, warned. What was his beef? Why don't we let John do the story, and then we can ask the questions. Okay. After being warned five times, officers said Heidman obstructed the traffic stop and he was arrested. The occupants of the vehicle being pulled over by the officers recorded a portion of Heidman's arrest and posted it to TikTok. At one point, Heidman says, and really we should grab this uh, piece of audio, Chris, and, and use it on the show, I think. He says, I'm the bleeping mayor of this town. <laughs> I could say Joe Suchere. <laughs> <laughs> While the officers escorted Heidman to the squad car, the Pequot Lakes officer advised him he had been warned five times to leave. Heidman stated he was never warned, although it was all on tape. Heidman was released uh, at the scene. I don't believe, from listening to a Chris, did he really, he just said basically, why don't you do your job instead of doing this, which made no sense. Yeah, I don't don't know what his beef was because they were conducting a traffic stop. Were the occupants of the cars African-Americans? 
Uh, that I don't know. I don't know. I have no well, idea. Did this happen on the weekend? Were they uh, city yeah. up for the weekend? The 29th. So yes. Maybe his fear was that uh, they're picking on out-of-towners and it's going to drive down tourism, maybe? I don't know, but, but the behavior re- of this mayor, is a, it's, it's embarrassing. It was, yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of my own hometown when I was a kid. We had our own uh, we had our own police officer. We called him One Adam Lloyd, uh, and yeah, he was the kind of guy that would send you home if he caught you drunk driving. Uh, but when the local sheriff would roll into town, a couple of the uh, town uh, uh, bigwigs they would they would chase down the sheriff and tell him to get the hell out of town. We've got it under control. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But GLers, if you follow me on Twitter, this is what the tweet was about yesterday when I tweeted, I was going to make a crack about Roscoe P. Coltrane and Enos arresting Boss Hog up north, but then thought, nah, someone will get triggered. <laughs> Dr. Michael, uh, Michael Osterholm, director of the University of Minnesota's Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy, says about COVID-19, quote, we still have a long way to go. Osterholm says Minnesota's health department and clinical care across the state has been excellent in his opinion, but he says the treatment of uh, convalescent plasma is promising and still needs more definitive clinical trials. He says Minnesota could still improve when it comes to preventing the spread of COVID-19. He said, quote, this is not something the public wants to hear, but if you look today, look at bars, restaurants, public venues, and all the populations that are out there shoulder to shoulder, often without masks and exposing each other, look at what we are seeing with just some of the outbreaks. We've had 47 bar outbreaks this summer in the state, 55 other outbreaks that include funerals and weddings. Osterholm also says health officials are slowly learning more about the long-term effects of the virus, including how it can affect the body even after a person has appeared to have recovered. He said, we've moved from inning two to inning three, and I would say we're probably moving toward inning four. In some places in the world, they might be at inning five. I hope it doesn't go into extra innings. <laughs> no, no, I hope so, too. Ten more felony charges have been filed in connection with the looting and unrest that took place in Minneapolis last week. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office announced the charges Monday. All were filed in Hennepin County District Court. The additional charges bring the number of charges filed in connection to the unrest to 26 felonies. Most of the defendants are charged with burglary. Although one is charged with fifth-degree drug possession, they range in age from 22 to 50. The majority of the defendants are from Minneapolis. The burglaries took place at businesses and restaurants, including Foot Locker and Speedway. Looting and unrest came after police released a video of a man who shot himself on Nicollet Mall last week. Uh, Damage to city-owned property from violence that erupted over the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha is estimated at about $2 million so far, according to the city. The public works director there, Shelley Billingsley, provided the estimate to local leaders Monday night on what it would cost to replace garbage trucks, streetlights, and traffic signals, among other things that were destroyed or damaged in the unrest over the last week. That estimate made as some Kenosha residents fear today's planned visit by President Trump could stir more emotions and cause more violence and destruction in the southeastern Wisconsin city. Others, however, welcoming the president's trip. Uh, The president, by the way, I just saw on Twitter as we taped this around 1245, has arrived in the city and was talking with reporters. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is mounting a more aggressive offense against President Trump with a rare public appearance Monday, declaring a second term for Trump would mean more violence in America's streets. 
Biden said, does anyone believe there will be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? We need justice in America. We need safety in America. We're facing multiple crises, crises that under Donald Trump keep, uh, keep multiplying. That speech marks a new phase of the campaign as Biden steps up his travel after largely remaining near his home in Wilmington, Delaware. Did you guys see the, or see the part of him talking about the coronavirus deaths in our country? No, did not. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find it here because uh, I think we should. I guarantee it. you, no matter who's the president, the uh, carnage and destruction in Portland will go on unchecked. That town is off the rails. It's mm-hmm. no longer a part of the United States. Nope. Uh, speaking of Portland, a family member said she identified a man. Police told her that they are investigating in the Saturday killing of a right wing protester in Portland. She identified him as brother Michael Rhino, a 48-year-old former professional snowboarder who calls himself a member of Antifa on social media. Mr. Rhino's sister said she was awakened Sunday morning by threatening phone calls from people who said they were affiliated with a pro-Trump protester who died in a confrontation Saturday night. She said she then contacted her local police department for protection. They put her in touch with the Portland Police Bureau. Portland officers showed her pictures taken Saturday, asked if she could identify a man in them who they were investigating in the deadly shootings. She said, yes, the man was her brother. There's been no comment from officials on that story. Uh, Meanwhile, President Trump Monday night declining to condemn the actions of the 17-year-old shooting suspect in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, claiming that it appeared the gunman was acting in self-defense. Kyle Rittenhouse has been charged with six criminal counts, including first-degree intentional homicide for the shooting last week that left two protesters dead and a third injured. An investigation is ongoing, which the president also acknowledged. Such you haven't said a lot about Rittenhouse. You got anything? What's a 17-year-old kid get to walk down the middle of the street for with a with an assault weapon and not be confronted? I guess what we're supposed to buy from his lawyer, he's acting in self-defense. But can you even own one of those legally at 17? I don't it's know. against the law to have one in Wisconsin until you're 18. All right. Johnny, I have the audio from Biden that I was looking for yesterday. Oh, this gotcha. is about uh, 20 seconds long. Bear with me. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. What? It's just, it's. I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. Okay. Uh, you, how you can't how how do you vote for that? I mean, there's yeah, John. Well, how are you going to vote for that? There's a well, loss of cognitive <laughs> cognitive thinking there, John. He's, Luck, he's luckily none when Trump talks, though. <laughs> you well, know, I, I asked for those emails. <laughs> that's that's my fault. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. Well, boys, boys, uh, boys we've been saying it uh, officially for for a year. It's the the once greatest country in the world, this is what you've come up with for presidential <laughs> candidates? Well, why don't you Are hear you him one more me? time? Hear him one more time. Well, he, yeah, okay. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. More lives right. this year than any other year for the past 100 years. That, that's... The entire it's, comment does not make sense. It's you know, so sad that how can you even, you can't make fun of it. You no. can't, it, it's just sad. Well, is that, and I'm not, I'm not ripping. I'm just asking, a, is that dementia early onset? Is that what that yes, is? Yes, of course uh, it is. Well, I, I think that's presumptuous. Uh, you know, anytime you're in a public forum like that, you could add on the additional stress of being 
speaking but before Joe, the public. He wasn't but wasn't like this ten years ago. No, I know his handlers are don't know what to do. They don't know whether to let him speak publicly. They're very concerned. So what's going to happen if he gets into the presidency? He's going to step down within a year. Yeah, Kamala Harris will be your president. Yeah, and I think they know that already. I think you know. I know you don't want to go conspiracies here but uh i think they know that they know perfectly well if he gets elected and he's the president the first thing he's doing is stepping down oh man i i have another one too hang on here's another comment from yesterday is it the number of amateur ophthalmologists thank you Thank you. Oh, oh my God. That brought us back around. I heard that during the Zoomer press. I went, oh, Royce, I'm going to bury you with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it? Because that was after Zimmer's eye surgery, right? That he yeah. yeah. <laughs> a man was arrested for drunk driving after rolling a combine that he was driving near Berthold in northwest North Dakota. Wow. Berthold police say the driver, 45-year-old Michael Carr of Seattle, Washington, is charged with DUI and driving with a revoked driver's license being held in the Ward County Jail in Minot. The combine had extensive damage ending up on its top and is presumed total. He rolled a combine? That's tough to he roll a combine. Did he slip it into the ditch or something in a tip? I'm not sure, but if you see the uh, mug shot of this fellow, You'll you'll see he was probably in no shape to be driving anything. Well, he's lucky was he he's using not it dead. So he wasn't working. He was using it for transportation. No, I believe he was working. The, Did it have I a understood head? the story? Was there a header on I, it? I don't know, Kenny. It's a, it's enough with that. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> oh, all right. But <laughs> poor sperm quality has been linked to using electronic media at night, according to new research released by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. You're all I'm on in... double secret probation right now. Okay, boy. I just, I had four of them ready I know. to go. You're on <laughs> double secret probation. Ready to go. <laughs> I mean, they were lying. Kenny, they were queuing quiet. up, Such. Quiet. They were queuing up. Be quiet. Principal and principal. Just one? In, Can I do just one? No, no. <laughs> principal investigator Amit Green said in a press release smartphone and tablet use in the evening and after bedtime was correlated with decline in sperm quality. Furthermore, smartphone use in the evening, tablet use after bedtime, and television use in the evening are all correlated with the decline also. You mean right before you go to sleep, right, John? Apparently, or, yes. John? Yeah. John, you know what yeah. this is directly linked to? What? The, sa- the Samer theory, that these are the devices that are driving oh, us yeah. crazy. Yeah. They're frying your brain. See, that's why I want you to talk to Weinstein, because I want you to float that one past the, uh, past the biologist, see mm-hmm. what he says about that. <laughs> the preliminary results published as an abstract in the journal Sleep showed that men who reported more use of light-emitting devices, uh, they have lower uh, concentrations of sperm, lower motility, and progressive sperm motility, which researchers explained as the ability of sperm to swim. The men also had a higher percentage of emotile sperm that are unable to swim. I'm seeing Woody Allen. To the study. <laughs> Come on, boys. Where's let's go. the party? <laughs> Come on, boys. He's got that oh. bad uniform on. Oh, wait a minute. We're yep. on probation. You can't be cracked. Like well, that's a funny used... movie scene. I, I don't want to hear what something from the, the, the gutter that Kenny would have come up with. Well, it's not like they were being used for anything anyway. I that's mean, right. You know. <laughs> a lifelong fisherman in Florida smashed a record there when he caught a massive 
catfish weighing 70 pounds. Jeez. It was uh, ugly, too, in the picture. Lava did, he canoodle, did he noodle it? No, he caught it. Canoodle. I'll tell you in a minute. Canoodle. Not canoodle. Yeah. Right after he caught it. He I canoodle. meant noodle. That's a whole new deal. Lavon <laughs> Nolling was out fishing in the Yellow River when he reeled in the monster flathead catfish, 69.9 pounds, 48 and a half inches, with a girth of 38 and a quarter inches. Wow. Nolling hooked his impressive uh, catch, Joe, with a rod and reel using live bait. I'll be he said he's He's caught some good ones before, he said, but none of them were more than 54 pounds. He said he's been fishing since he was old enough to hold a pole. The uh, angler admitted that while he's deep into sea fishing and creek fishing, he never anticipated reeling in a state record breaker. The catch was certified by biologists at FWC's Blackwater Hatchery near Holt. Dowling's catfish beats the record set by Marvin Griffin by over half a pound. Uh, Marvin, by the way, also caught his in the Yellow River. A pilot landing an American Airlines jet at Los Angeles International Airport reported a bizarre and close encounter Sunday night. A pilot called air traffic control to report a man wearing a jet pack flying near the plane. Mm. Wow. Tower tapes released detail the pilot's exchange. It has the pilot saying, Tower, American 1997, we just passed a guy in a jet pack. Is this a the failed tower... superhero? <laughs> The tower responds, okay, thank you. Were they off to your left or right side? Pilot, off to the left side, maybe 300 yards or so at about our altitude. The jet was flying at an altitude of 3,000 feet at the time of the encounter. The tower then warned other approaching flights to be on the lookout for a man in a jet pack. The incident still under investigation. In Texas, a motorist allegedly drove off after handing an alcoholic beverage to the deputy who stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> Here you finish. I've had my enough. license. <laughs> Go ahead. The fifty-four-year-old this Ar- for me, would you? Fifty-four-year-old <laughs> Arlington man was charged with evading arrest or detention with a vehicle and driving while intoxicated with an open container. Hopkins County Sheriff's deputies Justin Wilkerson, Chris Bauman, and Elijah Fight were dispatched at 10:45 in the evening on Wednesday, August 26th. A vehicle was reported to be stopped, possibly stalled, with its flashers on. Wilkerson reported locating a Cadillac TBS parked on the shoulder of I-30. Upon contact, Wilkerson alleged the driver was holding an open alcoholic beverage container. An odor emitted from the vehicle, and the man reportedly spoke with slurred speech as if intoxicated. The deputy asked him to hand over the suspected alcoholic beverage and step out of the vehicle. The man instead handed over the beverage and stepped on the gas and began driving away. The man was <laughs> was finally caught, ordered to get out of the car and get on the ground. He complied, was placed into custody. Uh, Wilkerson alleged, uh, alleged alcohol could still be smelled on him while talking to him, and he was taken to jail. John, did you hear what he said to the cop when he handed it to him? I didn't. She took my beer. Oh, that oh, sad guy. John, you drive a Jeep Renegade? I do drive a Jeep Renegade. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in your camp because my new uh, Fiat 500X is, uh, probably shares the same platform. Yeah, same platform and engine parts, yeah. Yeah, it's yep, the same company, correct. Chrysler Fiat. I'm a stockholder, John. I'm a stockholder. That's right, yeah. How's, is that working out for you? So, well, I, I, the stock should have gone up because I bought a new Fiat 500X mm-hmm. from uh, Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood. Mm-hmm. Right we got in the three southeast. Jeeps here, so we're helping. Yeah, well, then you obviously you, you can recommend them. You're you're a fan. Very the, much. Uh, the countryside, of course, is Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat on the southeast quadrant of 
uh, Highway 61 and 36 in Maplewood right now. 2019 and 2020 uh, Volkswagens are offered at 0% interest for 72 months and a 120-day permit deferral. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. Uh, it's a it's a nifty way to shop because you call ahead after you do your dil- due diligence on the websites, and they'll have whatever you're wishing to drive waiting for you. Uh, go to SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Uh, go through all your check marks there and pick out what you want. Give them a call at Countryside. That vehicle will be sanitized and waiting for you. But they don't use any sanitizer that wipes out the new car smell. You still get the new car smell. Call uh, call uh, Schmelz at 651-243-4316 for your own personal sales appointment. I used a, or I met a guy and bought my car from a guy named Ralph Ludden. Good guy, GLer, big fan of the show. Uh, and uh, I think you'd enjoy your experience at Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. The Oklahoma City Police Department responded to a Taco Bell in the 1000 block of South Meridian Saturday night just before 9 p.m. in reference to a call about a man going through the drive-thru naked. Hmm. According, to, according to police reports, Christopher Sale, 61 years old, was in his vehicle in the drive-thru. The Boston Red naked. Sox pitcher? No, 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 same name, different oh. guy. A Sale paid for his order at the restaurant, then reportedly asked the employees... For an additional taco. No, I'm picturing Chris Sale <laughs> naked at the drive-thru. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. One of the employees <laughs> was not comfortable with this, for yeah. obvious reasons. Uh-huh. Another employee gave him the additional taco when he asked for more sauce, <laughs> still not leaving the drive-thru. <laughs> yeah. Sale asked for napkins after this getting the sauce. He's a sicko. Oh, Boys, can I interrupt you mess? for something maybe more sure. important? <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, I don't do you, know. Do you recall <laughs> when uh, Trump made the mystery visit to the hospital and we, we never really got much information yeah. about it? It's breaking now in the Drudge Report that Trump denies mini stroke, sent him to hospital, and now there's a video of him dragging his right leg. We also learned that Pence was uh, informed upon that hospital visit to be ready to assume the duties of the presidency. Yeah, there's some. Uh, wow. There's been stuff uh, for about the past 18 yeah. hours on Twitter yeah, about this. It's been know. going around on social. Mm-hmm. The uh, some folks are saying Secret Service agents know all about it, and at some point we'll come forward. And who knows? You know, whatever. Speaking of conspiracy theories, so there is a picture of him here uh, with his right foot looking uh, precariously twisted as he's attempting to just stand up. I know nothing about it, so I'm going to uh, leave it at that, but I thought it beat the hell out of the drive through story with the salsa. There, <laughs> there was a, a video of him about three weeks ago uh, at some factory where he basically was just dragging his right foot, and that's mm-hmm. I know it started up then again, so mm. who, who knows? So you got that going for the one side, and the other side, the guy doesn't know if he's on foot or horseback. So it's a hell of a choice we have here. Just a hell of a choice. Uh, so it's, it's Pence versus Harris is what this is. Basically. You're voting for the wingman, apparently. Johnny, thank you. Sure. But stick around, won't you please? Oh, of course. All right. We'll, uh, we'll return. Sense would be this much fun, Joe Suchere. Turn it I up. I like Chris. this new Dylan stuff. Oh, man. This. <laughs> it's awesome. So, 
I bought uh, I bought the uh, big big orange store in Richfield out of tubes of self-leveling crack filler yesterday, and had to ha- had to have the, the roommate pick up a tube in SLP on her way home last night. And that's how life is in the world of COVID. Uh, Joe, Chris wants us to tell the truth. So with that in mind, tell me what he told you about putting up a shed. And this is the truth. The uh, costs are rising because so many mills were closed that lumber is scarce. The price of the lumber is rising. I don't want to ever take any business away from Aim High. But Chris was pretty much relieved when I told him I have to push my shed experience off to next spring uh, yeah. because he's he's busy trying to accommodate people who are in line way before me and what i do want done before winter is the replacement of some railings and it's a cupped wood and he can't find it and uh, he's just it's he's beside himself yeah it, it really is because now chris has signed up with gl and we've made him very very busy uh, so you got to keep that in mind when you schedule a project and you get a hold of Chris Miller and aimhighconstructionmn.com. But what I've learned, even though you might have to wait a while, it is worth the wait. My God, the work that they've done around my house has just been absolutely amazing. I've been around construction and remodels and upgrades my whole life and these guys are simply the best i've ever seen you're getting the best quality material there is and it's installed by highly skilled seasoned vets like everybody else in the trades they are very busy right now so it might be a while or it could be right away depending on what the job is the secret is get a hold of chris and aimhighconstructionmn.com do it right away and if you need to get put on the list do it it's worth the wait even if you have to wait until next spring aimhighconstructionmn.com the best i think it's a mark of his integrity also that i sure as hell didn't get to put in front of any line i'll tell you that <laughs> right and yeah and glers in case you're wondering the reason i got lucky and got my stuff done is because it was right as they signed up with us uh and, and we were hoping for a positive response from you guys and mm. you guys picked up the phone and went to the internet right away and chris is now really busy throughout the entire winter and an ex and uh, into next spring so we thank you for that but don't give up on them because yeah. you are getting the best Yes, Chris, you have an update? Uh, President Trump just landed at, is it, is it Joint uh, Base Andrews? Is that where he flew to from? And he's going to Milwaukee, correct? Right. Okay, so uh, the Daily Caller just tweeted out a video, and he says, on the riots in Portland, quote, the media is what's fueling this more so than even Biden, because Biden doesn't even know he's alive. He said that <laughs> oh, into the camera. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boys, I'm going to read you something and see if you don't end up with the same thought that I had. All right. Uh, the FBI has reportedly told Chicago area law enforcement to be on the lookout for dangerous gang members looking for a reason to kill police officers. According to a Monday night report from WLS-TV, approximately 36 street gangs have vowed to shoot on site any cop who has a weapon drawn on any subject in public. The report obtained by WLS is titled Pact Made by People Nation Gang Factions to Shoot on Sight Any Police Officer with a Weapon Drawn. The report allegedly originated from Chicago FBI officials on Aug 26 and states that members of these gang factions have been actively searching for and filming police officers in performance of their official duties. 
The purpose of such surveillance is purportedly to catch on film an officer drawing his or her weapon on any subject in the subsequent shoot-on-sight of said officer in order to garner national media attention. Some gangs purported to be involved in the activity include the Black Pea Stones, El Rukans, Latin Kings, and Vice Lords. The FBI notification, called a potential activity alert, is sometimes issued when there are potential threats to local law enforcement officials and emerges from a contact whose reporting is limited and whose reliability cannot be determined. The station reports that the information could emerge from a police street source, a cooperating witness in an ongoing case, or from discussions overheard on a wiretap or other surveillance recording. Chicago Police Department Superintendent David Brown says that the conditions in Chicago are ever deteriorating and wholly believes that there is an imminent threat to police officers amid escalating tensions across the U.S. that quadruples any previous year in Chicago's history. So I think it's more than a suggestion that people are seeking to do harm. Brown added, we need police officers and as community members, we need to push back fervently against lawlessness. Over the weekend, 54 people were shot in Chicago, including two police officers. Uh, I had a thought about this. Does anybody, did it, does this have a, does anything jump out at you about this? Outside of just fear? No. Just uh, what you've been saying all along, especially in the last seven days, is, you know, we're trying to get rid of all authority. I know it's terribly naive of me, but if these supposedly warring gangs can get together and have what sounds like a summit meeting, if in fact that happened, and have come to some agreement that unites them all in their willingness to shoot police officers... Uh, why don't they have a meeting and come up with a plan not to shoot each other? Oh. They, they, it sounds like there, there was the, they met at the round table and said, let's come together on this one notion that if we see police officers with their guns drawn, we'll shoot them. Like the Sopranos would do at the, uh, the cafe? Yeah. Well, why not have a meeting and come? If you got together for this, why can't you get together for peace? If you got together for this, if in fact that happened, the, the FBI is admitting they they can't uh, they can't corroborate the reliability of sources, but it was enough for them to put out an alert to the Chicago Police Department. If 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 they got together to to come up with this and they're all in agreement, why in the hell can't they come up with an agreement to stop shooting each other? Uh, and that's I suppose where my naivete comes in. Well, that's all based upon turf. Correct. I mean, it's all drug related, or not all, but most of it is. Well, I guess my my larger w- wish was for uh, for there to, for yeah. there to be a belief that hey, guys, we just came together and agreed on something. Why can't we agree on something good? I, I suppose that's not going to happen. I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think they did it via Zoom, or did they actually get together? That's a good question. Was it a Zoom meeting? <laughs> Or did they meet at some, I mean, uh, you know, they're not, a, they're, they're not the Italian gangsters. No. So they didn't meet at some pizzeria behind the curtains. I don't know how this was brought about. Did they, did they, did they call each other? Probably. <laughs> I'm thinking so. Yeah, well, okay. How about you come out for peace once in a while? Joe, I've been listening with interest to all the talk about John Strominger. It seems he has an issue with funds. I pledge 100 bucks to get started. If one of the dum-dums wants to start a fundraising page, I'm in. Let's get him elected. This is from Daniel Grunman. I intend to send John $100 as well because uh, I'm a believer that 
as uh, as rough around the edges that he might have been, uh, he at least is putting himself out there to take on what turned out to be a very unreliable DFL candidate in uh, John Thompson. Is your being, main fear, by the way, uh, just that they, they've completely given up? Is that ultimately your main fear with this? I, I believe that the state Republican Party has not only given up, we're never interested in the first place. But uh, uh, Pam Tollison, uh, never before engaged in such a level of activity, has volunteered to be his campaign manager. Uh, We'll we'll check in with him again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now this week is too soon, but I want to check in with him again. I I would rather have Strominger in the legislature learning as he goes than John Thompson arriving there for only one specific reason, and that's to address his own grievances. Strominger would be more willing and more capable, I believe, to represent the entire legislative district 67A, where he's lived for many, many years. Let's face it, Thompson could do nothing more, no further campaigning, and still easily win. I mean, that's the... Which is a shame that the emailer and myself are willing to put 100 bucks towards. Right. If you need the tax write-off, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, let's be honest. You lighting up another uh, heater there, Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> it's just we're sitting around the old barrel stove here at the uh, hardware store. Yeah. Knack, uh, the Knack Hardware and Lounge. Just Joe, I was, I'm listening to yesterday's breeze. podcast, uh, Monday, August 31st. You and the gang were wondering why on earth the story of the rescued children didn't make national headlines. I would like to offer a possible and sobering theory, uh, which has come up before. I told you I got many emails on this. Uh, the story paints a law enforcement agency as vital, necessary, and doing good. Of course, the deputies of the Marshal Service are a somewhat different branch, reporting to the federal government in very specific ways, but still a law enforcement entity. I theorize that their hard work and success undermines the misguided views that are so plentiful in today's media. It doesn't fit the narrative. A side note to Chris, social media was blowing up with this story. So there may be a small silver lining there. At some point, mainstream media will become an antiquated term because of social media and streaming. Perhaps traditional media or legacy media will be the future name for CNN, MSNBC, Fox, and the like. Keep pushing back, but never lose your dignity and self-respect, because if you do, you are truly lost. Regards, Atheist Rob. One of our loyal listeners, Atheist Rob. Thank you. And uh, Downing, frequent contributor Downing, has a a note wondering if this is uh, windmilling or hypocrisy. Uh, a story in the uh, Washington Post, U.S. faces back-to-school laptop shortage. The world's three biggest computer companies, Lenovo, HP, and Dell, have told school districts they have a shortage of nearly 5 million laptops, in some cases exacerbated by the Trump administrations. Well, let's pursue that as Downing did. Schools are facing yet another crisis, a shortage of laptops. And surprise, surprise, it's Trump's fault. How is it Trump's fault? The Trump administration's July 20th uh, announcement targeting Chinese companies, it says, were implicated in forced labor or other human rights abuses against a minority population, the Uyghurs. The Commerce Department imposed sanctions on 11 Chinese companies, including the manufacturer of multiple models of Lenovo laptops, which the company says will add several weeks to existing delays, according to a letter Lenovo sent to its customers. 
that evil Trump, Downey notes, standing up for a, minu- uh, for a Muslim minority. What's a Mysterian to think? Here's a quote from one member of the big public education camp. It's a tough one because I'm not condoning child slave labor for computers, but can we not hurt more children in the process, said Matt Bartonhagen, <laughs> IT director for Williston Public Schools in North Dakota, a district of 46,000 waiting on an order for 2,000 Lenovo Chromebooks. Windmilling or simple hypocrisy? I think it's both. It's mm-hmm. both. It's absolutely both. Uh let me see what this is here. Uh, oh, just a minute. All hail the first. Oh, remember we had the lawnmower <laughs> ruling yesterday. Yes. Uh, the FFLF, the wife wanted to yeah. uh, share the lawnmowering yeah. duties. Yeah. And what we demanded, we well, we demanded more information from, yeah. uh, uh, from Phil. Yeah. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, hail you. you. Boy, that's that's pretty weak. Timing. That's just everything, isn't it? After listening to yesterday's podcast, it appears I've omitted some critical information needed by the mayor in order to make an official ruling regarding the CP's intent on cutting the lawn and her continued pursuit of FFLFing me, the female fund limitation factor. To answer Kenny's question, a self-propelled walk-behind mower is used, not a zero-turn ride-on. The lot is roughly one-third of an acre, and the job takes me about 30 to 40 minutes to complete. From the beginning of our marriage, I've always been in charge of the lawn maintenance. Like any GLer, I take pride in the task, mowing in a diagonal pattern, implementing the four-step fertilizer program, keeping it weed-free, etc., and the outcome is respectable. I'm not saying my yard looks like Yankee Stadium, but it's no abandoned roller rink parking lot either. To Rookie's concern and whether or not the CP is a hack, I can't confirm or deny her skill set behind the moor since she is yet to take it on. She claims to have experience as a late teen 15 years ago mowing her parents' yard, but hasn't touched a moor since. I'd imagine a quick refresher would be necessary in operating the machinery, but to be fair, she's got a good head on her shoulders, and I'm confident she'd do a fine job keeping it between the lines. Well, there you have it. I hope the mayor has the sufficient details necessary to make the official ruling. I will admit I'm concerned, after listening to yesterday's podcast, that the mayor will not rule in my favor. It was the mayor's observation that in today's world, more women are handling the lawn mowing duties these days. Dare I say it, is the mayor implying that this is the new normal? Am I not being FFLF after all? Still in need of clarification, Phil from Champlin. Let's turn to the book called Garage Logic, A Companion Guide to Life in the Radio Town, because I think I can solve this, and we're going to go to uh, FFLF. Let's find that chapter. Uh, where in the hell is it? Uh, would it be under the look, I wonder? Oh, no, it's here. 31, chapter 31. 31, page 31. Page 31, here we go. Uh, the female fun limitation factor. Because I, I think Chris is misinterpreting what the female fun limitation factor really is. Ah. The female fun limitation factor, or FFLF, is a woman's uncanny ability to interrupt garage activity at precisely a defining moment. Yes. Just as we are about to restart, uh, start a restored Triumph motorcycle yeah. for the first time, the garage service door will open, and we are informed that it is either time to eat or that we have a phone call or that the dog just barfed on the couch. Right. At work here is a genetic alarm system that kicks in when the female of the species <laughs> decides that too much fun has been had and it's time for the boys to drift back to their own garages. It is not done to be cruel. 
There is nothing uncharitable intended. The woman simply can't help herself. She is responding to the firing of ancient neurological signals that probably brought Gorg back in from the mouth of the cave just as he was about to crack another of whatever passed for beer back in the Pleistone Age. This is absurd. There have been occasions when the woman, innately aware of her FFLF powers, attempts to at least be playful about it. Seeing what she believes to be her husband's leg sticking out from under the car, she reaches under and grabs him in the, well, the swimsuit area, only to discover that she just grabbed Warren, the neighbor. If there are if there are a bunch of guys in the, if there are a bunch of guys in the garage with knots on their foreheads, it could be that they got FFLF under the car. The FFLF also manifests when a woman, believing herself to be kind-hearted performs a chore or task this is where we're oh. going to get back to Phil here oh. performs a chore or task involving cylinders that the man has been anticipating with great enthusiasm no phone call at the office or on the factory floor is more disappointing than the one from the woman at home who proudly announces that she just finished snow blowing the driveway or cutting the grass or sawing up a toppled tree now you won't have to do it when you get home oh thanks Damn. So here's yeah. the problem, Phil. FFLF is happened suddenly. What you're dealing with has been a, a long series of discussions from the missus merely expressing some desire to occasionally mow the lawn. That is not FFLFing. FFLFing is if you uh, were on a two-week fishing trip and you were salivating at the prospect of coming home knowing that you had a big, fresh lawn to cut and uh, she surprises you by having cut it the day before you arrived and it looks horrible. That's FFLFing. Hmm. That's the female Uh, fun limitation factor. uh, The female fun hmm. limitation factor is the interruption of an activity that you anticipated bringing to its fulfillment. So I don't think he's dealing with the FFLF there. And that's straight from the book. I can't make it any clearer than that. And her reasoning was pretty clear because she wanted in on it because it looked like fun. It looked right? like fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't yeah. Think, I don't think he's got a case of the FFLF here. So then what is it if it's not FFLF? It's nothing. It's just uh, the banter between uh, spouses. I'd like to join you in cutting the grass. Okay. Uh, and now what's, uh, it's in, what's incumbent on him is that he has to figure out some way to accommodate her wish, no matter how foolish he thinks it might be. Huh. But she's not suddenly springing this on him. She's not running out there he, 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 to, to grab the lawnmower out of his hands and say, I'm doing this. That would be a very rough, uncharitable example of FL, FFLF. Got but it. she's not doing that at all. Okay. The worst one is when you get the call... Uh, Hey, guess what, honey? I just snowblowed the driveway, and you are really looking forward to all of that virgin snow with no tire tracks on it. That's FFLF. That's FFLF. Yeah. Yeah. And not much you can do about that. So I hope that clarifies, Phil. Uh, You're you're just in a typical uh, situation. When did we as a society decide that mowing the grass and blowing the snow was strictly the man's job? I suppose it stems from what the the pioneer days when the old man had hooked the plow to the mule uh, because it required oh. more physical strength. I know plenty of gals that mow the lawn and take care of the snow. Yeah. Uh, I, is I, there anything in your household that you do that would normally 
in your old and tired uh, way of looking at life, <laughs> wow. you would consider a, a woman's job? Do you do your own laundry? No. Do you do the dishes? Do you I do the, a, I can do that. Yeah, occasional whip up a grilled cheese or some mac and cheese. Uh, very, very infrequently. like that? No. Hey, I'll Darn wheel a sock. You in here and uh, make some Sew a button steak. back on. Anything like that? You doing uh, any of that? No, I, I don't know how to sew a button back on. <laughs> yeah. hmm. I think I just get a new shirt. <laughs> it's the same thing when your car needs new tires. Yeah, you yeah. just get, get a whole new, new car. car. Oh, it's like Roycey when the lawnmower doesn't start. Right. Just get get, get the rookies. Get, kids got four of them now from Roycey. <laughs> See, I got a note from Rob Powell in uh, Louisiana, uh, and he uh, also has a home in the Twin Cities. Last month, I stocked up on Grub Grundhofer's grub and brought it back to South Louisiana. During hurricane prep, we fired up the grill and tossed on some brats and burgers for the neighbors to enjoy. Everyone loved it and wanted to know where I got this stuff. I had to tell them it was from my favorite Garage Logic hangout in Minnesota, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. They loved that part of the conversation. Unfortunately, the reaction to Minnesota was not so welcomed. Comments like, oh, that place is falling apart, or that's where the lunatics are hanging out, right? I had to defend our beloved city and state and remind them that any place that can come up with a Grunhofer has to be good. Most of us down here came through the hurricane unscathed with some property damage. We're pretty resourceful here and help each other out. Tell Kenny I'm stopping by DK Mags when I'm up there in a couple of weeks. You see, in Louisiana, we get a summons if we don't carry, so I need to fill in a few holes in my collection. <laughs> we have a caliber index similar to the cylinder index, pushing back from the oh. southern end of the Mississippi River, oh. Rob. That's and, of course, brilliant. that's, a, that's a, another a testimony. Index. Yep. That's another testimonial to our friends at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right at the north end of town on Highway 61. Their delicious products were enjoyed while people were hunkering down and preparing for that hurricane last week because Grunhofer's is, at, well, there's just no doubt about it. They're just the best for brats, steaks, burgers, sliders, meatloaf, bacon, ham, you name it. It's the meat capital of the world. It's all available at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61 because we GLers just love Highway 61. And only, only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, and our friend Tom Lyman. <coughs> Excuse me, perfect health. Perfect health. It was on this day in 1894, September 1st, a forest fire killed 413 people wow. and burned 160,000 acres of timberland around Hinckley. Railroad wow. engineer James Root saved more than 100 people by loading them onto train cars and driving through the fire. The devastation of this fire convinced many of the importance of forest converse, uh, conservation. Send that yeah. story to California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Hinckley Fire, of course, is very famous in the annals of our state, of our state history. Say, our twins are sinking, aren't they, Reeves? Uh, yeah, they are, Joe. And uh, I got a bad feeling about this year. Really? They're just, they're just something. It was off to such a promising start. It was, but they lack so many key things right now, and most notably pitching. But <laughs> you, you can't roll Rich Hill out there against a lineup that's not playing amateur baseball. He's, mm -hmm. he's awful. He can't get big league hitters out. <laughs> Whatever My happened to Josh team. Donaldson? He's supposed to be coming back tomorrow. 
Boy, was he been a disappointment. Yeah, he huh? hasn't played at all. Has he been basically. delicate throughout his career? Uh, early on, no. Then he did have a little bit of a calf injury. But last year he played. Johnny, help me. He played almost the whole season last the year. The whole season. The year before, he missed most of the season uh, and yeah. had to have a good year to, to get a contract, basically, last so. year. What did the Padres have to do to get Clevenger? They gave up a pretty good couple of prospects. Boy, are they serious about making a run, aren't they're, they? And uh, I, I'm glad they because are. they're a team that hasn't been relevant. Are we done here? Can I go? A long time. You can go. All right, see ya. All right. Hi, Kenny. <laughs> uh, the ballpark in San Diego is just lovely. That's one of my favorites. I yeah, absolutely I love, love that ballpark. And yeah. I like the fact that you can see inside on ground level when you're not even inside the ballpark on that little mm-hmm. hill where the Tony Gwynn statue is. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's really mm-hmm. cool. And like Target Fields, right downtown. Yep. Yep. And uh, as near as I can tell from following the news, uh, San Diego seems to have escaped much of the uh, urban unrest, which is the euphemism for rioting and looting. Uh, I don't see that a lot of that has happened in San Diego. It doesn't make any difference. They can't have fans either. Well, we did have the situation. I guess that's technically South Los Angeles, right, John? Last night with the officer involved. Yeah, shooting. that was L.A. Yep. Well, yeah, that's not LA. San Diego. Well, it's only an hour. It was only an hour north of San it's Diego. Not San Diego. Yes, sir. It's Los Angeles. <laughs> it's not San Diego. It's not. It's not San Diego. I, 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 think I know. That would be Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very aware. All right, GLers, uh, on your behalf, I'm going to be uh, convening a meeting with the staff uh, shortly. (laughs) Okay. And uh, uh, there are some some admonitions that will be coming into play. I don't see how today's broadcast was our fault. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we're having the table a little more prepared. This is why we're having the meeting. (laughs) Maybe we should have a meeting with you. Yeah, okay, Kenny. Well, first let me tell you about Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's the right size community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand or relocate your business to Sioux Falls. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Hey, hey, wait, before we go, I've got a question for Frat uh, Frataloni. Yes, sir. They do glass, right? Yes. Can I bring yes. in my windows? I think I have five windows, different windows in my house that need glass replacement. You may want to call Michael before you bring your windows in. Because I do believe because they, they got a little backed don't up because t- everybody started home projects. Don't tell me there's a glass shortage, too. No, it's just a it's a manpower issue because I tried to have him do some screens for me. And he said, yeah, I can do them. I just don't know how quick I can get them back to you. Well, well before I bother Fred, I'm going to go down to the Lake Street store and see what they can do for me. Yeah, there you go. I'll tell you what. I, can I give you my two cents on Fratelloni's? Yes. Uh, they're going to get my business every day of the week over a big box retailer. Do you know why? 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 I can get weighted on. Yeah, boy, no By kidding. people who know what they're talking. I'm yeah. impressed with the people he hires. Yeah. yeah. I really and am, I'm, too. I'm because, tired of the yeah. big parking lot and then walking a mile into the store, and you can't find help to save your life. Right? No, no. Well, that's their whole That's their whole business model. He, that's why I go there. You you pay, you know, you're, you're coming here for convenience. Absolutely. That's why you do it. That's why I'm there. Thanks, Brat. Appreciate yeah. you, Brat. Yeah. I think he's in about the 12th hole right now. Probably. Yeah. I saw him on the T-sheet. <laughs> hey, don't forget to download PodMN. They would like to thank all of the GLers that have downloaded the, the PodMN app. 
and UGLers have listened to nearly 60,000 hours of Garage Logic on the app. If you haven't tried it out, you can Ow. download it for free. And when you listen on the app, you can win prizes, including Garage Logic merchandise. And don't forget those GL State Fair Edition shirts are for sale right now at garagelogic.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.